and welcome in to this week's episode of the Hitstick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Mr. Mike Seta, joined as always by the Solus Canine, Rye Dog. What the fuck is up, Denise? And of course, not the quarterback, Mr. Chris Sims. What's going on? Well, before we jump in, we got a big show for you guys. We're going to be talking running backs, running back rankings. Just wanted to remind everyone to uh, follow us on those social media platforms at Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, feel free to uh, follow us on our own personal Twitters. I'm at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at the real Ryan Long. And I'm at Hitstick Chris. And any long form feedback, send us an email, hitstickfantasy at gmail.com. And like I said, we got a big show this week. We're going to be talking about running backs, arguably one of the most important positions in fantasy football. But before we kind of hop into that, we do have a little bit of news that has, uh, you know, came out over the last few days. So, Chris, uh, let the people know what's going on. All right, so I'm going to run through all these. And first of all, just uh, piggyback there, running back is the most important position in fantasy football, and I am hyped. I'm going to save this first one for a little bit later because I'm sure you guys are ecstatic about it. But uh, let's talk about Debo Samuel, who just got a contract extension, uh, three years, uh, $71 million. It was roughly in that ballpark. Um, Great. Congrats on the man for getting paid. The reason we are bringing it up today, and on today of all episodes, the running back episode, there is interestingly incentives in this contract for – running backs to stats. So like if he gets like uh three rushing touchdowns, he gets like an extra um I forget the exact dollar amount, but it's a lot of money. He gets extra money for a certain amount of rushing yards. It's starting to seem like maybe the whispers in the bushes were true that it wasn't necessarily that he didn't want to play running back. He wanted to get paid appropriately if he was going to basically play what the uh you know Twitterverse is calling wide back position. So what do you guys yeah. think? What does that do for him in your rankings? I'm all systems go on Debo now. I was, you know, a little bit worried that they would cut off on, you know, what his bread and butter was last year, which was those extra carries, those extra touchdowns on the ground. If now he has incentives in his contract to go out and do that, he'll be he'll be fine with taking those reps uh, behind the line scrimmage. So I, I'm a big, big fan of Debo this year. He's a tremendous playmaker. Uh, Trey Lance is going to have to lock on to somebody to be his reliable target going forward in his uh, first season as a starter. This I, I'm all in on Debo this year. Yeah, I think it's uh, still a little nerve-wracking because, you know, if you draft him in the first round or really early in the second, you're expecting that. You're expecting that four touchdown rushing and a lot of rushing attempts. And I don't know if you're going to be getting that. You may get a few carries here and there, maybe a touchdown or two, but I don't know. I think you're drafting him at his absolute ceiling, so it does make me a little nervous, even with the contract incentives. But I do like that he is staying in San Fran. Yeah, I'm all in on Debo now at this point. I mean, I think this was the boost of confidence that we needed, and I think this offense is going to run through Debo Samuel. And as we've seen, Kyle Shannon puts out very productive fantasy football assets, and any offense that Kyle Shannon leads that is run through one player, I am all about having that player on my team. So I'm personally going to be in. But but is it really one player? I mean, he's the main focal point of that team. He's the first read in, in the offense. He's, he's going to have the most plays – drawn up for him yeah i could see kittle having a big role too i just i don't know i love debo and i love the player a a lot but uh he does make me a little bit nervous that he can return that you know first second round like adp you know top five receiver which i see a lot of people having him up there that high so you know i'm not afraid of him but he does it's it's makes me a little worried 
That's fair. I mean, everyone's able to have their own outlook on it. He's definitely somebody I'm going to be looking at here. I'm going to go ahead and move forward here. Uh, We just got some unfortunate situations here. Uh, James Washington suffering a Jones fracture, likely going to miss a significant, if not the entire portion of the season. Uh, This definitely nice little boost for CeeDee Lamb here, which he's already seeing a bunch of boosts. But does this do anything for any of the other pass-catching options on this team? Does uh, the rookie Jalen Tobert get a a boost here? You see, like, I mean, I don't even know the wide receiver's name outside of that. Um, I can tell you what I personally think. I think this is good for Tony Pollard. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm still... I'm still a little worried about Pollard. I think Zeke's going to handle a bulk of the sh- the carries, um, and you know he he's still going to be in there. If Tony Pollard does solidify himself as that third down role, which I feel like a lot of people have that impression of Pollard, is that what he is? But he really hasn't been that, you know, in in Dallas. He's a faster, more athletic running back at this point, but he doesn't really get targeted too much on third down. So that's what I'm a little bit worried about. I do like Tolbert. I liked him even before the you know, the injury to Washington. So I just, the the main thing with him is, you know, is he going to be successful in the first few weeks and how long until Gallup does come back? Yeah, and I actually, I, I agree with you 100% on Tony Pollard. I think it's all going to be Zeke. And spoiler alert, our rankings kind of support that. Um, you know, we're going to dive into those here uh, shortly. Uh, for me, it's just with the lack of wide receivers, I do think there's a world where they start lining up Tony Pollard in the slot and let him get work as a receiver. And that is where it could become a little bit interesting with him as a flex option on your team with standalone value. So that's my outlook on it. So I'm going to go ahead and move forward unless Ryan has anything to touch base on there, which I don't think he does. I think we covered it all there. Tom uh, Schultz season. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, just a small bit of news here. Van Jefferson is undergoing a surgery. Uh, very, very possible to miss the beginning portion of the season. What this does, though, is it is going to take him away for the entire duration of training camp and the preseason. And I think this is a little bit of a boost to confidence for Allen Robinson. How are you guys feeling about that? I'm kind of I'm coming around on that. I know Ryan is, so. Oh, I am full chub for Allen Robinson. I am, I am riding that pony again, uh, you know, future things to come on a couple episodes later, but you'll be seeing why I love him so much. Alan Robinson is that dude. And also I think Josh Palmer kind of has like a little bit of a good chance to kind of solidify a new role in that offense with Odell gone and uh, Van Jefferson going to be missing some time. Who did you just mention? Odell. But who'd you say? You said, did you say Josh Palmer has a chance to solidify himself in the Rams offense? Yeah. He's on the chargers, buddy. Josh Palmer plays for the Chargers. <laughs> I've got my LA teams mixed up in my head. <laughs> it's been a long day. If you guys could see the screen right now, Ryan looks like a tomato for how red Yeah, he is. does. He does. Yeah, and we're we're keeping bad. that in there. That's that's absolutely staying. So, um, Please do. Please do. So, uh, said, do said, you got anything to touch base, or you kind of disagree with everything we said? No, I mean, I don't completely agree. I'm not all on board with Al Robinson. I just think when you have a guy like Cooper Cup, it's kind of like, did you want Alan Lazard last year? Did you want, you know, those other options for the hyper-targeted receiver? And as much as people took stabs at those kind of guys, they didn't really pay out. So I feel like Cooper Cup's still going to be hyper-targeted. But, you know, Alan Robinson's proven he's a good player. He's a good receiver. So if he does bounce back, depending on where his ADT, ADP kind of falls out around draft time, which is very, very soon approaching, you know, I, I'm not completely out on it. Yeah, and I think the one thing for me to note that makes that situation a little bit different on what you're saying is just um, 
if you were in a league last year, you did want Robert Woods on your team up until he got injured. And because he was putting up wide back, receiver 12. Yeah, wide receiver. He was giving you wide receiver two numbers. So, and that, that's the reason why I like Allen Robinson. It's all about Sean McVay and that play calling and that team in general. So, um, but I, I definitely, you know, don't get it twisted. Seta does have a point there. The Cooper Cup is the first read on that team. Nobody is debating that. So, I'm going to go ahead and bridge us forward here. Another uh, bit of injury news Tim Patrick. Uh, a lot of people were excited about him coming into this year. He was, I know he was a, one of my favorite late round guys in drafts. Uh, a lot of people shared similar thoughts on that. He unfortunately tore his ACL today in practice. He is going to miss the entire duration of the 22 season. Um, boost for KJ Hamler, a boost for Jerry Judy, boost for Cortland Sutton. What's this do for this team? What do you guys think? I like I Judy and Sutton mostly. I don't, I'm not really that like high on KJ Hamler. Uh, I, I just, I really haven't seen much from him in his first few years. And I know you haven't seen much from Judy either. But I just like Judy overall as a prospect coming out of college a lot more, and I think he has a lot more potential. But I'm I'm not like out on KJ Hamler because of how good Russell Wilson is. So if someone else does solidify a role there, one of those guys are going to be valuable. The other guy is probably going to be decent as well. So I'm taking stabs at all the Denver guys, honestly. Not bad. I agree with, I agree with that too. Um, Sean McVay came out today and said he views that, like he has two. RB1s on his team. Uh, looks like we are going to get a season of a running back by committee from the Los Angeles Rams of Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. We're going to dive into that in a little bit here because there's going to be a lot of fun on that. That's just something I wanted to note, touch base on. And then while we're at it, the Miami Dolphins have been fined a first round pick and a third round pick. The first round pick in 2023, the second round pick in 2024 for tampering and trying to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton to come to the Miami Dolphins organization. And apparently also for some funny business with the whole Brian Flores situation. Apparently they, they got around that because they did say to Brian Flores that they'd pay him to lose games, but it was quote-unquote not serious and, and a joke. <laughs> like, That's how they got around it, you know. Yeah. It was not what a serious. shit show of a franchise right now. So, and then um, I saved the best for last. Uh, you guys with the Browns fans here, uh, we can uh, dive into this. Does somebody else want to relay this news? Sean Watson, six games. Suspended for only six games. Uh, Super Browns. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's right. enough of that. That that's that's enough here. So, um, but what does this do for the Browns? And, and I mean, so I mean, I think this is a pretty good confident boost for your Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. That's a good setup there. You're going to get off to a pretty good start. We're going to touch base on those guys here in the next segment. And uh, but like, does this do anything? Does this like, does this move Amari Cooper up or down your board? Like, what does it do for the pass catchers here? It moves Cooper down for me. It moves in Njoku up a ton. Agreed. That's the one person that this kind of is a win for on this offense is David and Joku because uh, Jacoby Brissett is very good at finding the tight end. That's his usually go-to reliable target, and it's in Joku's team now to lead. So I think Njoku gets a big boost. Amari Cooper, I was never like super, super high on to begin with, so maybe he drops down a couple pegs because six games is a long time to go without your you know all-pro caliber quarterback giving you the ball. So, and yeah, uh, Chubb and Hunt, they're going to be the same that they really are, you know, a split backfield in a sense, you know, 60, 40 timeshare hunt, getting the passing work, but yeah, it kind of 
luckily for the Browns, they have a pretty easy start to their schedule. They face like the Panthers and the Jets and Steelers and whatnot. So they'll be just fine per like football wise going in. But for fantasy purposes, I'm kind of it's it pains me to say as a Browns fan, but I'm kind of in avoidance of their players. Are you going to take Deshaun Watson in any of your leagues? Are you willing to eat that six game suspension? I would uh, definitely be willing to eat it. You're looking at a guy who who was argued about for the top three quarterbacks in fantasy, top five quarterbacks in fantasy when he was on the field. This guy is dynamic, and you can find a quarterback to get you through six weeks and to just not have to pay a top five round a pick in value that you're going to have to pay for Lamar, for Josh Allen, for Kyler Murray, for Jalen Hurts, for those types of guys. Yes, I would definitely take a stab at Deshaun Watson if I don't hit on one of those top, you know, six, seven, eight guys. And I agree with Ryan on Njoku, but I'm I'm all on for all of these players because I think they can start coming on at the right time, which is when you need to make a run at your playoffs. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So we're going to bridge forward here. All right, we got a All righty, so we are going to hop right into our running back rankings. And instead of us going through each of our own personal rankings, we're going to dive into the consensus rankings. And I'm sure you guys will find out who's higher and who's lower on each player. But that's what we're going to start with. And uh, we're going to go through the top 24, a couple honorable mentions. And uh, then the rest of our rankings will all be published a little bit later on this offseason. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it. And I'm going to go with the top eight. And consensus for the hit squad, we have CMC number one, JT, Jonathan Taylor two, Austin Eckler number three, Derrick Henry number four, Joe Mixon number five, Aaron Jones six, Dalvin Cook number seven, and Najee Harris number eight. I feel like Najee Harris is a little high, and I know I have him, excuse me, right around there at number nine, but I just, I feel like he touched the ball the most out of any player in the NFL last year. And is it going to be the same? Is this his absolute ceiling? And it all kind of depends on where he's going in drafts. And right now he's the RB5 ADP, and he's going at the seventh overall pick. I don't know if that's worth it to kind of pick him that early in your draft when there's a lot of other players that are available. I'll go yeah. ahead and jump in on here um, as the residential Steelers fan on this podcast. I, I'm worried about Najee this year. I still have him up there, and I, I still like I like him where I have him. If I could get him around that RB8, which would probably you know equal out towards the back of the first, early second, I'd be in. But there's a big thing to note here, and that's that he saw a significant portion of work in the passing game last year due to Roethlisberger's lack of an ability to throw the ball downfield and just trying to stay healthy and by checking it down as quickly as possible. I don't know if that's going to be there this year. Mitch Trubisky was not a big-time check-down quarterback, and that who is who I project to be the starter for the team for a very large portion of this year. Pittsburgh is not the kind of franchise that's going to throw an inexperienced Kenny Pickett in to the Wolves early on unless they have to. So I think, barring injury, we're seeing Mitch Trubisky, who has rushing upside, and it I definitely think the workload is going to be there from a carry standpoint, but it is still one of the low-end offensive lines in the league. So 
I, I, Volume-wise, he will absolutely keep his way in the top 15. I'm pretty confident on that, that outside of an injury, you're going to be looking at that stat line. But to invest, to draft him in the top five in a redraft standpoint at the RB position, I, I think it's just a little too rich for my blood. I don't think it's too rich at all. I mean, volume is king when it comes to fantasy football, especially at the running back position. He was the RB3 last year as a rookie, and he's a tremendous talent, and he just plays on a dog shit team. He's still going to whoa, be the whoa, person whoa, whoa, getting whoa. all of the looks. He's going to get 90-plus percent of the carries, which we already know. And, you know, if you look at his season last year where, yeah, he had one game with 19 targets, but other than that, he was seeing, like, 5-7 to seven on, like, an average-slash-good like day. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities with any of those other quarterbacks either. So I'm still, you know, I'm taking Najee whenever I can if he's going anywhere past RB5 because I think the talent is there, the volume is there. He's going to have to be the person that puts the team on his back and, you know, puts the Steelers in position to win. Yeah, but you don't even have him ranked as the RB5. And you're saying, I mean, because that's the issue I have is consensus has him right there around RB5. That's that's the problem. I agree. If he slips, if he's there at the back back of the first, early second, I'm in. That's great. That's a great spot to get a volume-based player like that. But I don't think I'm willing to pass on some of these other high-end options that are going a little bit after him. Like Joe Mixon, RB7. You're going to tell me you want Najee over Joe Mixon? Personally, no. I love Joe Mixon this year. He's my RB4. He is somebody who I'm trying to get anywhere that I can. But, I mean, if you're taking a look at, like, an Austin Eckler versus a Najee Harris, I'm not going to argue somebody taking Eckler over him or taking – Harris over Eckler because Eckler does all of his damage pretty much exclusively in the passing game. You know, he's been getting the carries the past few years, but I I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but I'm a big fan of Harris this year. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the, the last kind of big difference in our consensus top eight is we are all very, very high on Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. I mean, those guys are all, you know, in the top, probably like 15 of a lot of people's rankings, but you know, we're projecting a very big season from Mixon as well as Aaron Jones. And, you know, I am I really, really like those players. I'm not saying that I would draft them, you know, fifth overall, sixth overall, but I would want to kind of take them at the back end of the first round and pair them up with somebody else because I feel like there's a lot of potential with those guys. Yeah, these are all guys who deserve to be first-round picks in your draft. Yeah, I agree. I'm definitely in. Oh, I did notice that we all are very high on Joe Mixon. All of us have us in the, have him in the top five. So we are very much in on Joe Mixon. Yeah, because Joe Mixon right now is the RB7 and overall number 10. And Aaron Jones is the RB10, overall 18. So we are pretty high on those two guys. So if you know that does pan out, our teams are going to be looking really, really well. 100%. And the, I think the one thing, to, just to touch base on, uh, kind of what the Chargers did last year that's similar to what the Bengals did this year. They really put a lot of work this offseason in revamping that offensive line. So if anybody is scared off Joe Mixon, just uh, remember that. Keep that in your back pocket, that that offensive line is not the same line that it was last year. It is significantly better. All right. Anything else with the top eight? No, I think we're good. All right. Uh, Chris, go ahead and give us the uh, next eight. All right, let me just uh, get on over here. So starting here at our RB9, our consensus, we have DeAndre Swift. Nicholas Chubb at uh, RB10. Saquon Barkley at RB11. Ezekiel Elliott rounding out the RB1s at 12. We are all seemingly a little bit high on Javante Williams. He's coming in at RB13. James Conner, that's my boy right there, coming in at RB14. Alvin Kamara 
at RB15, and Leonard Fournette is going to round out here this segment with uh, at the RB16 position. So um, I'm just going to go ahead and kick things off with something really quick. I'm just curious, based on the little bit of news that we got here to open up the show to you guys, if Alvin Kamara is not facing any suspension at all, what does that do for him in your rankings? Does that move him up? If we knew that news when we were typing these in throughout the week, you know, would he be higher? He'd probably be at number 10 for me. Looking at my rankings right now, I think that's right where he would slot up and everyone would move down a step. Yeah, I honestly, I hate to agree with Ryan, but that's exactly what I was going to say. I think it mainly has to do with, you know, the uncertainty. Could it happen in the middle of the season? Could it happen prior to the season? Who knows? That's something that I'm just going to probably stay away from because of just the overall uncertainty. I'm I'm not opposed to taking risks on guys like DeAndre Hopkins or Chris Godwin and people like that, that you kind of know when they're possibly coming back. Um, but with him, he may not miss any time. He may miss a lot of time. And it's just way too risky for me, I think. Yeah, and it is important to note that just because he doesn't get suspended for the beginning of the year, it is not impossible that he doesn't see a suspension. So I think we did kind of touch on that, but um, I, he's up there for me. I mean, I have him at my RB13. I think that, um, you know, I, but I, it's, there's a high risk factor that comes to it. It's a high risk, high reward. For me, it would kind of just depend on the make of my team and where I could get him. I could tell you this, though. If he, by chance, in your league slips to the third round, I will be in. Doesn't matter where I'm at in the third. If Alvin Kamara's on the board, I am in. If I already have a foundation of two strong running backs or a really strong running back and a strong wide receiver, I'm 100% willing to gamble on Alvin Kamara at that point. So, um, any, so what else sticks out to you guys here in this, uh, this you know, kind of second tier of the running backs? So uh, the first thing is how high we have DeAndre Swift. I think we have him at number nine, and I think that is almost his absolute ceiling, just mainly because of the team that he's on. And agree. someone has him at the RB6 overall. That would and be me. I really, really like DeAndre Swift, the prospect. But I feel like, are you just kind of putting into the case that they're not going to utilize any other running back except for Swift, and he's going to be the full bell cow role? I think the big thing for me with Swift is Swift is very efficient with his touches. I think this is an underrated team with the Lions. I know that they've been one of the laughing stocks of the league over the last decade, but they're not that team no more. I really like the head coach they got in there and what he's the job he's been doing. He's been definitely setting the tone and really fixing the team from the trenches and getting the things that matter from an actual football standpoint. You know, this is one of the better offensive lines in the league. And DeAndre Swift last year, while dealing with Jamal Williams and other you know, issues on the team. He was the RB seven for the first 11 weeks of the year before suffering what basically ended up being a season ending injury. Cause he tried to come back and he just he could never really get back to full form. The only thing that stops him from being in that RB, in my opinion, from like, you know, in the top eight is an injury because he's just so phenomenal with his touches. When that man gets the ball, he makes stuff happen. He, he's very fun to watch. Now the real question is where are you going to be taking DeAndre Swift? Are you comfortable taking him in the first round? No, because I don't have to. He's going in the second round. That's where I will take him. Because then I think he's a smash. I think he's one of the best values this season 
in your redraft leagues is because you can get somebody that has top five running back potential in your second round. I'm not going to draft him in the first because I don't need to. I'm not going to, you still got to use ADP to your advantage, even though your rankings might have somebody here. If you can get that guy around later and get somebody else that you shouldn't, that, you know, to pair with, you, you got to take advantage of that. So I, you know, if I, if so I are have, you, are you willing to miss on him? All right. Let's say, for example, you're at that nine spot, right? So you're going to be coming up at, you know, 15 again in the second round or 16, whatever it may be. And that's his ADP right now is overall 15. Are you going to risk not getting your guy swift? Because let's say for this example, it's all running backs, maybe one receivers off the board at this point. So are you willing to kind of take, you know, an Aaron Jones or a Joe Mixon and try to maybe get him to go a pick before you're up in the second round? Well, or are you going to make a move for him at for your guy there? That would all depend on the make of that would all depend on my strategy with that and a lot of what like I've seen, you know, the other teams do. I mean, if for if it's all running backs that have gone at that point, I would probably try to gamble and I would take Cooper Cup or Jefferson or Chase, one of my favorite wideouts, and just keep in my back pocket that if I happen to miss on DeAndre Swift in the second round in that beginning spot there, I can go for an Aaron Jones or a Nick Chubb. There's other guys there that I like that I could possibly you know piece together. I, I would be willing to gamble, but there are some situations, especially if it's a full PPR league, that I would be willing to take Swift with that back-end first-round pick, you know, in between picks 9 through 12. But that would... In my opinion, that's more of a full PPR move than it is a half PPR move. That's all I really have for that. Not not all I have, but that was the main thing that kind of stuck out to me. Um, and I know we do have James Conner up there too, but he his consensus lands right where I have him. I mean, the guy finished pretty high, so I'm not going to bet against it, especially because they didn't do really much to replace it. No, so it's actually I know better. we're pro- we're probably pretty you know high on Conner. Um, does anyone you else know, feel like we're pretty low on Leonard Fournette? Um, no. Due to consensus, we are, but I think we're rightfully low on Leonard Fournette, to be honest with you. You mean guys. Fat Lenny? Yeah. Fat, fat Lenny's Lenny. already dropped like 15, 20 pounds. That doesn't matter. You know, he's down to 240. He's looking good. All of his coaches say. You know, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. The, we, I was saying, sorry, go on. Well, the weight gain is not what concerns me with Leonard Fournette. What concerns me with Leonard Fournette is what usually keeps him into the high-end running back seasons that he has is his just... Uh, he's not good at it, but he just he finds a way to get it done. Is his pass catching because he's work. good at it? I mean, yeah, he's not bad at it, but he's not like a DeAndre Swift. He's not like an Alvin Kamara. He's not like you know somebody that is just has these five star hands as a running back. But he just gets them by default because he's but there. He is that? That's why he was taken as like a top four pick in the NFL draft. He is one of those generational running backs who kind of you know ended up on some shitty teams and wasn't getting all the passing work that, you know, he needed to put up those RB1 fantasy seasons, but we see what happens when he does get that. He's one of the best running backs in the league. All right, I see why Ryan's getting all hot and bothered over here is because he's got Leonard Fournette at RB13. I, I just I got I feel like that's even a little low for him too. We saw what was he, the RB five last year? He's um, RB fifteen right now on ADP. So we're yeah. we're pretty close. We're pretty close to it. I, yeah, I, I feel like, like the fat thing is what's killing him right now for his fantasy stock. And once it comes time for your drafts in two and three weeks, that I think that's going to rise. But the, the thing is, I don't really give a shit about how much the Leonard Fournette weighs at this point. What I do care about is the way that his team interprets his work ethic. And that's a huge thing when it comes to Tom Brady. He just loves people that come in ready to go, are prepared, and that he can count on. And that may 
just throw a little wrinkle into it. And what if he is starting to split some time? I mean, they attempted to split reps with Ronald Jones until he fumbled the ball a bunch of times, until he literally couldn't make a block to save his life. So I don't know. I feel like that is something that is definitely concerning, where if you're going to draft him that high as your RB14, there's a lot of disappointment that could come with it. I know they've taken a couple hits on their offensive line too, especially in training camp this year. So that's not exactly a good look for his output this season. So there, there are some red flags with him. Well, I'll give you guys that. But and I, I got think- one more, uh, the, uh, just to touch base on what I was getting at here. They also they drafted probably the best pass catching running back in that class, and Rashad White in the second round. Or no, actually, sorry, Giovanni Bernard, but that doesn't scare me. But Giovanni Bernard is not the best ca- pass catching running back from a rookie class coming out at that point that he touched the Buccaneers roster. Uh, they went out and drafted that guy with good capital. So I just think that, and this is Bruce Arians. Yeah. He's still involved with the organization, but he's not the head coach anymore. I don't, we, the whole rookies never touched the field thing. That might not be a thing anymore in Tampa Bay. We don't know. So that's, I, I'm not saying I'm off Leonard Fournette. I don't hate Leonard Fournette. If I get a good value on Leonard Fournette, I'll be happy to put him on my team. But there are a lot of guys that I'm just a little bit more confident in than him. Yeah. The last thing I want to kind of highlight with our, you know, middle eight that we're going over oh, right now what I have to talk about too, is so. how high we all are. And we kind of highlighted this in the news section, but how high we all are on Zeke. You know, he's going right now as the RB 18 and you can get him sometimes in the third, fourth round. It's looking like oh, it's a bad and, shit crazy to me. Yeah. And he's a guy who I would gladly take in the second round. He's a guy who would gladly take in the third if he drops. But I don't think, I think that this is kind of like the off season waves of Ezekiel Elliott every year it's uh, you know he's lost a step they're gonna take over for him blah 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 and every year he gets you know the most carries he gets a lot of targets and when Dak's on the field he's a solid fantasy running back yeah he's been a top 10 running back his entire career top five for a bunch of those years the only time he wasn't top 10 was the year he only played 10 games and he still finished at the RB 13 in PPR Zeke is a stud and he's being paid a bunch of money, and Jerry Jones is make sure, going to make sure he gets his money worth. So Zeke is going to be used heavily in that offense. They lost Cooper. Dalton Schultz is playing on a one-and-done year, essentially, because they couldn't work out a deal. It, it's still Zeke's team, and it's his team to lose. So yeah, Pollard's going to come in and sneak a couple carries here and there and a couple you know, receptions here and there. But no, there's no reason that Zeke should be going around RB18 when there's nothing to say otherwise why he would even end up in that range. And I will touch base and say I am the lowest on Zeke out of all of us. I have him down at RB16, but I I agree with everything you guys are just saying. I wanted to get him higher. I think this is just a really stacked running back year, to be honest with you guys. There's a lot of good running backs this year, so I I don't hate any of it. I I love, if I can get Ezekiel Elliott in a third round of my redraft leagues, I am pumped. That is a phenomenal value to get there. So, Yeah, and for me, if you know, my last point with all these top guys is I hate them all. I'm not touching them. They're not worth it at their ADP. I'm going to be drafting receivers. Of I'm going to be drafting tight ends and I'm going to be taking them onesie positions with all my receivers because that is how I'm going to win this year. I can't baby. wait to screenshot. Or I can't wait to take a picture of you taking McCaffrey with the 101 in one of our home leagues and posting on Twitter so all of our fans can roast you. So. I don't think 101 counts against zero RB strategy. It's not fair. Oh, shut up, Ryan. Stop defending him. So, but yeah, I mean, so I think that's the last thing I have in our this tier. Um, I do note that I am seeing that a lot of us are very high on Javante Williams, which in my opinion, rightfully so. I think the talent is definitely there. Something happens to Melvin Gordon. That man is a top five running back. He's already proven that. And even if something doesn't happen to Melvin Gordon, 
I think that the breakout could actually still happen. So um, he's a player that I'm going to be keeping my eye on a lot this year and, in drafts. And as high as we all are on him, we're still behind ADP. Really? He's still at our running back 11 at this point. So you're going to have to pay up. And that 11 spot, that's a little steep for me. A little steep. Because he's ahead of guys ADP-wise like, you know, the Alvin Kamaras, the Saquons, the Ezekiel Elliott's, the guys who've kind of just proven it when we're waiting to see if Javante can do it. And I know Javante has the talent to do it, but the situation is what kind of throws me for a loop a little bit. Yeah, I just think there's a world that it does happen just because that Russell Wilson elevates everything on that team. You're going to see more scoring opportunities. You're going to see longer sustained drives. It's There is definitely a world where the breakout still happens. But, yeah, I kind of agree with you, Seth. I don't... I didn't know his um, ADP was sitting there at RB11. That is a little rich. All right, Ryan, you want to go through the last, whatever last we would tier. consider, eight, last eight or bomb? We'll do it, buddy. All right, so we've got Brees Hall at RB17, the rookie, our first rookie on the board, even though rookies have finished as an RB1, I think, the past five years at one point. Hey, he's, one of them he's has. Top. He's close. He's like my RB14, so. David Montgomery at 18, J.K. Dobbins at 19, Travis Etienne. At 20, my guy there. Miles Sanders at 21. Josh Jacobs, 22. Gibby, our beloved Gibby, falls all the way down to 23. And we end this off with A.J. Dillon, the first backup, I believe, ending up there at RB24. Mm, It's not Kareem Hunt. Yeah, this is where we kind of start to disagree a lot. In the first 16, we're all pretty similar. There may be one or two guys that we disagree upon and, you know, have them a little rearranged. But... This is where you guys really messed up my rankings and threw our consensus out of whack. So I'm a little pissed about it. I mean, you're, I'm not the one that put Travis Etienne in the top 12. I said you guys. You guys are included together. So, Ryan, you're, you have been, you know, the Travis Etienne stand. Honestly, since, since last season, I feel like Chris was on that boat last season, not so much this season. But what makes you think that him coming back from that injury – and also having a James Robinson who's coming back from that injury, like what gives you the confidence that he is the 12th best running back in the NFL this year? I'm just going to be honest with you guys. This is me putting my nuts on the table. This is me going with my gut feeling. I have loved ETN ever since college. He has been a stud his entire career. He did miss all of last year with an injury that had they been a competitive team, wouldn't have sidelined him the entire year. He would have been back at some point. But so he got to sit around and watch. James Robinson tearing his ACL late into the year means that, yeah, he he's looking good. He's on the right track to recovery, and he could be back sooner than we all expected. But I think the talent that ETN has, ETN is going to be the best player for the Jaguars this year. Christian Kirk is, you know, a fine wide receiver. They've got some decent other guys around him. But I do kind of think the Jaguars will take a serious step forward with Doug Peterson at the helm. And Trevor Lawrence is going to really step into it in year two. So I think ETN is going to be that, you know, that young undercover stud who kind of erupts and he'll be somebody we're taking as like a top eight running back for years to come. Now, where would you feel comfortable drafting him round wise, Ryan? Round. Can you tell me his ADP right now? No, I'm not going to tell it to you because I want to hear what round you would want to take him and to see if you're actually in on him. Well, I'm trying to piece this together. I'm because like looking at like where he's going around, like other people's rankings and stuff. I'm hoping I can get him in like a round four or five. So that is right around his back. He's in the back end of the fourth round. He's overall 46. So you can get him in the back end of the fourth round. He is on average the running back number 22. So you are 10 spots ahead of him. 
Yep, and I will be taking him anywhere I can in the fourth round. I can't hate that. I mean, that's what I'm doing with Swift. I, I'm calling my shot on Swift. I just, it, for me, James Robinson is the reason why I am concerned. I think ETN is a phenomenal talent. I don't think anything that you're saying, Ryan, is like false. But for whatever reason, that team just wants to get James Robinson the football. And if James Robinson's available, I mean, we already saw we the news old came Jaguars out. wanted to give James Robinson the football. The new they Jaguars didn't have the chance too, to use ETN last year. He, but James Robinson is the RB1 on the depth chart. And I know those things don't mean a whole lot, but for, I mean, this specific situation, that's just something that I could just see ETN just getting put in that Chase Edmonds role where he's phenomenal with his work, he's very efficient, but he's only seeing targets and he's not seeing enough carries to get himself in that top 20 at the running back position. And that he's is a first-round running back. I'm not worried about regime. him not getting a workload. As long as he's full go and like fully healthy and everything's right, like, you know, we're looking at camp reports now because camp's going. He is looking like the star of the show there in Jacksonville. I'll take the beat reporter's word for it. I think he is going to be that guy this year. This is the classic. I'm going to believe all the beat reporters when they're glowing about my guys. And when they're shitting on my guys, I'm going to be like, yeah, who cares? They're just beat reporters. That's just some fluff piece. Listen, I'm fine. As long as the beat reporters are all stroking my cock about the guys that I like, I'm happy with it, which they've been doing all year so far. Yeah. I just feel like with ET Ed, like you're, you are literally, you gave nothing, but I'm going to trust my gut. It seems like, and I know he was a good talent coming out, but James Robinson's actually done it. And I know he's coming from a more serious injury than ETN was, but he has proven that he's a good NFL running back. And I don't think they're just going to throw him by the wayside when he is healthy. And if he's not starting on the pup and he's ready to go week one or even week two, you cannot see the full potential of ETN this year, possibly. I don't, I'm not worried about James Robinson stepping into leading that backfield. I think James Robinson will have a role. That's for sure. You know, he has done that in his career. He has shown that he is worthy of the roster spot and the snap shares and whatnot, but it's ETN's team to lose. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like I said, you got your guy. I'm not going to knock you for it. So where are you guys willing to draft Brees Hall? The rookie sensation, first overall pick in most dynasty leagues, first running back off the board this year in the NFL draft. We have a large, large um, history here going of rookie running backs being in the top 20 and a lot of times also being an RB1 and finishing in the top 12. So I'm just curious, do you think that like Brees Hall is a good pick at where he's going right now, which I'm going to pull it up? Is if it's um, anything higher, if, if it's a top third round pick, no, not doing. I'm not taking him in the it's top three. Overall, rounds. overall 44, running back number 24. So he's ranked below him, but his ADP is higher. Um, and so you know he's going in the middle of the fourth round. And I, think, I think that's a good spot. I think that's a good spot to take him. I think when you look back at you know the top end talents, it's a little bit priced a little high because of those last few guys that have came in out there. I mean. Even guys like Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, their rookie year, they were going in the fourth and fifth rounds. But, you know, it, it's a risky pick because, it, it. in all honesty, it depends on how good you think the Jets are going to be, if if I'm being honest. Because if you don't think they're going to be good like me, I don't know if I want to risk a fourth-round pick on a running back on a team that's going to have to pass the ball or else they're going to be down 45 points. And yeah. that's where I'm at. I don't know if I can – Spend that fourth round. Fifth round, a little bit, a little easier for me to, you know, sway myself. Fourth, I don't know. Oh, I'm all in. I'm Brees in the fourth. If that happens, I'm I'm in. I'm so ready for that. That is such a good value. 
I, I like him. I'm in. I think either way, he's a great pass-catching running back. I mean, we saw years with Lamar Miller on a dog-shit Houston Texans team volume his way into the top 15, and I think even if the Jets are god-awful, you know, they, they did not invest the draft capital that they did in him to not utilize that man, and he is going to – he's very, very talented. So I think with um, opportunity and talent, you're going to see some fireworks happen with Brees Hall this year on this on the field. Maybe not. It's not going to be a ceiling. I definitely think he's going to have better years after this year. And um, I, I view him more of as an RB2 this year, but um, I think he's going to be a future really high-end RB1. Do you think that Brees Hall is the top performing rookie running back this year? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, do you, do you seriously He's think my so? highest ranked, but I don't know if he's going to be the highest performing running back. from the uh, Out of the rookies? Yeah. Who is going to outperform him? Isaiah Spiller. Oh my Rashad, god. Rashad White. Oh my god. Okay. Damian Pierce. That's enough. That's enough. Stop this. Stop this. Whatever the fucking three letter name dude that uh plays T- for the 49ers. TDP. You're not TDP. even TDP. saying Price. the one that actually could do it, which is funny, but he's not going <laughs> to. Which leads me to my next point. You guys are completely out on Rashad Penny. And I'm curious as to why. Because I have him all the way here as my RB twenty, and I don't even think he's in either of your top thirties. He's thirty nine for me. He um, is He's, uh, he's just a guy that, you know, he's been given so many opportunities, and when he's on the field, he plays well, but he can never hold that role. And, you know, they drafted him to be the lead back, and Chris Carson took over, and now they drafted another running back to kind of spell him, and he's just been a guy who can't stay on the field. And I know you're injured until you're not, but he's had a lot of similar injuries. That's what makes me really nervous. And regardless, if they're both healthy, I think both of them are going to have a good role. And I don't think it kind of aligns the lines with the Jets. I don't think the Seahawks are going to be good. So splitting roles, not having a lot of touchdown opportunities, that's a guy that I'm going to probably be staying away from. Agreed with everything Seth has said. You know, he's on a bad team. You know, they just drafted a running back in, what, the second round in Kenneth Walker. and Ken. Ken Walker. It is Ken, Ken. Walker. Sorry. Sorry. So, yeah, Sorry. I don't, I don't I pr- know if I forgive there's... You. Yeah, I'm willing to just you know completely be sold out on Rashad Penny this year. Hey, that's fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab up that value there. Um, I think I mean, look, Pete Carroll gets production out of his running backs. That's what he does. And Pete Carroll's come out and said that he believes Rashad Penny is his guy, and that you know they brought him back on that prove it deal. And I know they drafted Ken Walker, but they drafted Penny in the first round, and that didn't stop them from using Chris Carson for years and years and years to come. Now Chris Carson's gone, and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna give Penny every opportunity to hold that job. It's his job to lose. And I I understand but how often has Richard Penny been hurt with Chris Carson? I feel like he's been banged up pretty much Chris Carson's whole successful career. And then when Rashad Penny was there, you didn't know which one to use. You Chris Carson wasn't as valuable because they do run the shit out of the ball. Well, I also a lot of that had to do with Chris Carson having fumbling issues and putting the job at risk. So as long as Penny holds on to the football I think uh, Pete Carroll is known to utilize an A-back system where they kind of get the bulk load. And they're, they're going to run enough where I agree. I think, Ken, I think Ken Walker can have some value on his own. And if something happens to Penny, it's going to be I, – I think Ken Walker is somebody you should be drafting as well because if Penny does get hurt, like his history does you know, tend to show, that could be a home run league winning pick, especially with where you're going to get Ken Walker in your drafts. But for right now, today, while they're both on the field – I'm going to look at the one that is the starter, and that is Rashad Penny. And I think that, like I said, I'm in on both. I could, I'd could, i happily add both to my team, depending on what the cost is to draft them. So I have one thing 
kind of diverging from the Seattle Seahawks backfield. For one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL, you guys have the lead back with little, very little competition at running back 24 and running back 26. Why is Miles Sanders so low? If what you two preach more than anything is opportunity is key and the talent is there with a couple more touchdowns that he would have that he could have had last year, he would have bolted up those boards. For me, Listen, I've I I was going to say I've got their uh, RB1 all the way up at QB5. Yeah, I knew Ryan was going to say that. Oh man. I I love Miles Sanders. I'm in on him this year. I think he's a good value. Truthfully, I wanted to move him up. Um I like just I like the guys a little bit more than him. That's just, you know, I mean, I'm very much in on AJ Dillon and but you know, I could see him He's a backup. A- Antonio Gibson's splitting time. Rashad Penny splitting time. Like I feel like the like he's the one guy that not a lot of people are talking about. Who, who has his role kind of set forward, and there's not that many people who can take it from him. Like, I'm not worried about, what is it, Brightwell or or any of those guys. Uh, it's Kenneth, Gainwell? Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, I, Gainwell. I, Gainwell actually Boston is Scott? a very good pass-catching back. And Boston, yeah, and Boston Scott's the other one there. And then Ryan did actually, I mean, that is a, a valid point, is uh, Jalen Hurts does vulture a lot of goal line carries, and on top of that, gets a lot of carries himself. Uh, but I, I think you guys have him ranked at scoring zero touchdowns. I wouldn't say that, but I mean, yeah, I, no. I'm in on Miles Sanders. I, I mean, I agree with you, Zed. I think there's a world that he actually drastically outplays where I have him. I like Miles Sanders a lot. He's a player that I'm definitely in on. He's a player that I wanted to get up there a little bit. I just did, like I said, I just like the guys a little bit more, but I am in on Miles Sanders. So he is on a prove it deal to me. That's essentially what it comes down for. I need to see it because I, I think Miles Sanders is a good running back. He just hasn't been given the right looks and the right opportunities he needs so to stay far. Healthy. So. That's the big problem with him, in my opinion. So you guys also have David Montgomery really high. No, oh, that's where he what do you mean? David Montgomery's been there every year of his career. Why would this year be any different? That's all reliable right there. He yeah, is he's, the he's, he's RB fifteen ADP wise. I just I this is where it comes down to me on rankings. I want teams that are going to be competitive because I think that can lead to successful scoring options, successful fantasy options. And when you're a team like the bears or you're a team like the jets or a team like those teams, the running backs take a hit because they're just not going to be running the football all four quarters. They're going to get less targets and less attempts throughout the season than teams like the Philadelphia Eagles who will be competitive and other teams like that. So I I just feel like there's a big, it's more of a mindset when it comes to how I'm ranking guys compared to, you know, that I feel like. Yeah. So for me, the reason why I have Montgomery where I have him, I think everything that you just said is he, all the reports right now are saying that he is about to get more involved in the passing game. So at that point in time, you're looking at a guy that's game script proof because when they are losing games, he's going to be in getting those dump passes. And there is not a lot of solidified pass catchers on this team to stop that. And we have, like I said, we have a lot of history in this league that shows when there is a heavily high amount of vacated targets, they more often than not do go to the running back position. So I think we're going to get a big bump in what Montgomery is used to seeing in the pass catching game, which is going to keep him right around exactly what, in my opinion, he is. He's he's basically the perfect RB two. So that then that's why he is where he is in my rankings. 
Montgomery's just not a sexy pick. No, he's not. But oh, the, never has been. But that's the thing. You need not sexy picks to win your leagues. It's not always mm. about getting the flash guys. You have to balance it out. Otherwise, you're going to be too top-heavy, and you're going to be too boomer bust. You want the high-end firepower, but you also want the guys that are going to carry you on weeks that players get hurt or weeks that your boomer bust players bust. That's just a part of the game. you got to have a good, healthy balance there. So And that's what Montgomery's perfect for. Like I said, he is the perfect RB2, especially if you stack him in a situation where you got a high-end wide receiver and a high-end running back in your first two rounds. Anybody have any other people to talk about in our top 24? Or do you guys want to move on to a few honorable mentions? Oh, uh, yeah, let's do uh, some honorable mentions. So I'll get started. Um, a few of the guys that aren't in my top 24 that I'm going to be looking at targeting is guys like Chase Edmonds, James Cook, Rashad White, Naheem Hines. I think all those guys kind of fall into the, you know, good depth pieces running back wise, as well as if you're going to your RB strategy. Those are some guys that have a lot of upside if something were to kind of happen throughout the NFL season, as well as some standalone value as well. I'm in on Daryl Henderson this year is one of my like guys that I'm targeting that's not in our 24. I mean, I see Ryan and I are both collectively incredibly out on Cam Akers. You got him at RB32. I got him at RB35. I actually have Daryl Henderson above him at RB32. I think that Daryl Henderson's a better running back than him, and I think he's going to – it's going to shift because McVay is not going to just leave a guy in there that's being unproductive. And the only thing that kind of stops Henderson from being on the field is his inability to pass block. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think Cam Akers is that much better at it. So um, Daryl Henderson is a guy that I'm looking at that is not in like the consensus top that I would not mind adding on to some of my teams here. All right. I, I like Henderson a lot. Uh, one guy I want to talk about is Mr. Ramondre Stevenson. Yes. Running I'm back in. for the Patriots who, you know, this is also camp talk kind of maybe getting to me, but he's been taking a lot of first team reps and he looked really good in those opportunities he had last year. Uh, this could be the year that he supersedes Damian Harris as the lead back in that offense. So if I'm looking in the later rounds and I need a running back, I'm he's somebody I'm trying to stash everywhere. I don't understand how you guys can both have Josh Jacobs as high as you do, which I'm pretty similar in Josh Jacobs as you guys, but you guys cannot have Damian Harris, who is literally the same type of player, who is splitting roles, who's going to be in a committee, but is a good running back who gets a lot of rushing touchdowns. They are literally the same player. Yeah, but the things behind Josh Jacobs are different types of running backs. They are pass catchers. They are shiftier guys. Ramondi Stevenson is Damian Harris 2.0. He just might be better. He's younger and faster and spryer, too, where the guys behind Jacobs are, I mean, I, I don't, Zamir White's going to be interesting. He's coming off of an injury, but Kenyon Drake is made of glass. I feel like they're in a very similar situation, and I feel like I would draft them right around the same spot because they both are the starters. They both are going to get the bulk of the carries unless something does happen. I think there's a big difference here, though. And that, in my opinion, what that is, is we've seen Josh Jacobs be the relevant running back for the Raiders for multiple consecutive seasons now. That's just not something that typically happens in New England. New England Belichick is the kind of coach that will just throw a player out. Damian Harris could come onto the field week one and have 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And the next week... Ramondre Stevenson gets 25 carries, and nobody understands why. It's just what Belichick does. It's his game plan. He does not care about our fantasy football teams. So I that, do, I do kind of agree with that, Chris. But who is the new coach for the Raiders and Josh Jacobs? It's McDaniel's. Who is? Oh, that's so weird. Because that's the oh, guy that's who was running 
the New England Patriot offense oh, let's for the last here. five years. We know who's been running that offense. Outside, Bill Belichick was running the defense. Bill Belichick the runs the whole team. And it was no, Tom, it was Tom no. Brady up until the last few years ago. So, I, I, I think that you're going to see the same style of offense we've seen in New England in Las Vegas this year. You're going to see a running back by committee. And I'm not saying Josh Jacobs is useless. I'm saying that a lot of those guys are going to be useful. And if you're going to have Josh Jacobs rated so high, I don't understand why we're going to have Damian Harris so low. And if you want to move up Ramondre Stevenson and have him equal or whatnot, that's one thing. But just to have Damian Harris so low is something that I just don't agree with. I don't think coming off have... that season, he had so many touchdowns. Yeah, but that's that's not a sustainable stat line. And I don't think I have Jacobs high. I mean I mean, how how many touchdowns do you think he's gonna lose? Do you think he's only gonna have five touchdowns this year? I, I mean he's I think gonna he's lose gonna... out on ten touchdown opportunities. I, I doubt that. I think you're gonna see a big dip in it because I mean Mac Jones is gonna take a step forward. They're gonna want to open up the passing game more. They're the Dolphins just revamped their entire team. That's a team that's gonna throw the ball a lot more. The Buffalo Bills, they aired out nonstop. The Jets just added pass catching weapons all across the board. I mean, this division is looking to air it out. And on top of that, I just I don't think I have Josh Jacobs high. He's RB22. That's lower than he's ever finished his entire career. I think I have baked in the whole committee risk factor of Josh Jacobs in my ranking of him. I just, for me, Damian Harris is a Walmart brand Josh Jacobs, which is why he's significantly lower. Yeah, I, I think they're just the same exact player. So I'm going to have them rated very similarly because they are the same fucking player. Yeah, that's fair. So we say wrong. You, you guys just hate him. I mean, I, I don't, don't hate him. I just like Ramondre a lot. Yeah, for me, I the, don't. I don't not like Ramondre, but he's not the starter. So to like the backup more, that's just like everyone over the last two years saying the, how much no they love Tony Pollard. Is the starter. He is the starter. He, he ran for 15 touchdowns and ran for the most attempts last year. You think they're just going to just give it away? Yes, they do it every year. Yeah. That's what they do. That's literally what the Patriots do. I'm off. But, I mean, last year he did it all on the back of 15 touchdowns. That's an unsustainable stat line. And I don't see him repeating that number, especially when you got a rookie like Stevenson who's done nothing but ball out since the second he's been in this league. He he was the darling of the preseason last year. And on top of that, every opportunity that guy got on the field in the regular season last year, he put up. I mean, I was making out in dynasty trades just because I had him on my roster. People were dying so bad to get him on their team. And, I mean, I'm always willing to ship off a you know rookie on the Patriots because exactly what we've been highlighting is how there's a different running back on that team. They're the AFC version of the 49ers in terms of running back fantasy value. That's just what it is for me. I think Stevenson takes a step forward. I think Mac Jones takes a step forward. I think the team is going to have to air it out a little bit more to keep up with the very, very high-powered pace of the AFC. And I think that touchdown number is incredibly unsustainable, which is why Damian Harris takes a massive hit in my rankings. Yeah, well, the Walmart version, or whatever you wanted to refer to him as, has had more touchdowns last season than Josh Jacobs ever had in a season. So, And that's great just leaving last that out season, there. but this is this season. So. Yeah, and how do you base your projections and your stats off of, except for history and how you've seen these players play? I'm going off a history of what I've seen the team do. Look, if you want to do a bet, Josh Jacobs versus Damian Harris, I will happily welcome that. We already bet on Josh or on Damian Harris earlier this year. Did we? I don't remember what we did. Yeah, and I said he was going to finish higher than somebody, and I don't remember who, but I know <laughs> he's going to. You know, it was probably it was probably Josh Jacobs. In all honesty, it probably was. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you and I fight about Josh Jacobs every offseason. It's tradition. Yeah, because he's ugly. I mean, I don't care Ooh. what the man looks like. I just want to see him put a fantasy points up. Well, I meant he's an ugly pick, all right? He's probably a good-looking <laughs> guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple quick things to note. Elijah Mitchell, the highest 49ers running back we have at RB29. I don't even know if I really like that pick very much so. They have a different, you know, like we were saying with the Patriots, they have a different running back every year, so that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Chase Edmonds, the highest Dolphins running back at 33. Also another thing to kind of keep an eye on. They've got a lot of backs and mouths to feed in that uh, offense. Also, I have Mitchell at 28, not 29. Thank you very much. I was talking about consensus, Chief. Uh, Fair enough, fair enough. And, uh... Yeah, I think that's really the glaring thing. We've got some rookies at 36 and 37 with Ken Walker and then James Cook, respectively, come in there. Uh, I think we're all pretty big fans of those guys and very curious to see how they turn out. But all in all, I think, you know, I like our consensus rankings. I think they look pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I think we're kind of, I mean, there's definitely some areas we disagree, but we got a pretty good, solid um, agreement on a lot of these guys here. Do you guys have anything left you want to talk about with the running backs? We do have a actually a Twitter question. Oh, yeah. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Uh, it comes from uh, your buddy there, Mr. Seta, your buddy Ben. Moonshine. While I try and pull this up real quick, he tweeted at us and asked the very important question. This is Dynasty speaking, saying, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Miles Sanders are both on the trade block. What are you willing to give for both without factoring in rosters? So this is going in completely raw. You know, you're not worried about being a rebuilding team or a competing team. What is the price you are willing to pay for either of those guys who we have ranked respectively Clyde at 26 and uh, Miles Sanders at 21? I can tell you for me, it team need does kind of have to play a role in this, but it's just your mindset. Like, are you a contender? If I'm a contender, I would not mind. I would be willing to give up a 2025 first round pick for Miles Sanders because I believe that that team takes a step forward. They have a good offensive line. They have A.J. Brown added there to take some pressure out of the box. There's a lot of things pointing towards that team taking a step forward and a lot of extra production going to that running back position. I would not pay that for Clyde, though. I don't, I've don't. i never seen the Chiefs utilize get, get him correctly. Your bias, get your bias out of it. He's burned you too many times. I, I, and that's just what it is. I've not seen – I don't trust that. I, I would pay two second-round picks for Clyde. I'd pay two second-round picks for Miles Sanders. That's, that's easy money. I would give up two seconds – for either one of these guys, regardless that, of the situation, that's a little team. expensive, even for me. And I'd like both of them. Uh, I, don't I think, think I, I think I'd pay like a third in another kind of either established player or a guy who I think is going to go off of a cliff either sooner rather than later to try to pick the, these guys up. This is probably the cheapest you're ever going to get them, unless they do completely bust out. Like if they're not successful this season, they may not never have a good successful season. So this is the time to kind of. Get them on your roster if you like those players. And one of the biggest benefits to both of these guys is one of the things that I've been hitting home with the running backs all episode. They are on good teams. They have good offensive lines in front of them. They have good quarterback play, so you can't stack the box. So I am willing to go out of my way to try to acquire these guys if that is a hole in your flex or in your running back two option. And you don't want to, you don't have to pay that steep of a, t- a price for them. These are guys I'm definitely trying to go out and actively acquire. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't think two twos is a high price to pay at all. In fact, you got to also factor in that this these are running backs, and regardless of what kind of league it is, there is a running back premium at all times. I don't think a third round pick and a veteran player is going to land you any of these guys. I just don't think it is. 
I've tried. I can tell you with full confidence that it will not land you Miles Sanders because I have been trying to buy Miles Sanders across the board in pretty much all of my leagues. And I mean, with Clyde, I, I even bought Clyde in a league this year, and it cost me. Um, it cost me Juju Smith Schuster, and I think I got uh, I got some extra stuff in there. That was the didn't bulk you of the trade, didn't though. you trade away or trade for Clyde last year? I traded for yeah. That was a bad move. Didn't yeah, go, what, didn't, yeah, didn't you like trade him for like? A first round pick and Nick Chubb or something like that. I don't recall. I don't remember. Oh, I, <laughs> I do. I, I remember. And no, you well, I mean, you got it. I got the first round pick, but anyway, um, but who's no, oh no, yes, I did. I got I got Clyde Edwards Hilaire and a first round pick, and I lost Nick Chubb. And I wish I could have that trade back, but I did trade for Clyde in a different league this year for significantly less, and I got him for Juju Smith Schuster. I did turn around and flip him again to Mr. Ryan Long over here to acquire David Montgomery. But the point being said is I, I don't think you're buying any of these running backs with a third-round pick and a you know an Adam Thielen or something like that. It's just not going to get it done. But I would pay two second-round picks, which second-round pick. I mean, we, have, we know in Dynasty, once you get out of that first round, it is essentially the equivalent of a dart throw if these players are going to hit or not. So... I don't have any problem giving up two of those guys, especially if I have a good team and I'm projected to be well. So one of those seconds is probably going to be late, if not both of them, depending on what years they are. And I can get some extra firepower to kind of boost my championship run. I would absolutely do that. Yeah, I said a second and a third is what is probably the draft pick price that I would pay. I would for one start of them. with that for sure. Uh, two seconds, I would have to think heavily about it, but I'm really not against it. I'm definitely not doing a first because uh, I'm going to need that pick once that, running back I get back kind of tanks my team would you do a 25 one for either one of them I would not no I'm not you know I'm I'm a big fan of making uh future Ryan problems a thing but for those two guys I don't think I'm going that high for them uh if I'm talking about in terms of active players I don't think I'm trading any of my like starting running backs or running backs who have a solid role in their offense and part of a package to go and get them I'd try and move some receivers you know somebody like a Christian Kirk to Claypool like that range of wide receiver I'm okay with moving two of those guys to go and get one of those running backs I need, but no, I'm not paying, you know, regular used running back price to go get another possibly regular used running back who might not be as good. And I would even try because a lot of teams you'll find, at least in leagues I play in dynasty wise, you'll find a lot of elite teams. They won't trade a running back unless they get one back. So what I would do is I would try to take a lower running back, somebody like Chase Edmonds, maybe Daryl Henderson, maybe, uh, you know, just guys in that range, maybe Cordell Patterson, who had a great year last year and take him and throw a guy like Christian Kirk or throw a guy, you know, like one of those older wide receivers that are kind of in that wide receiver three flex range, throw them at there. And what I would try to do is get Miles Sanders or Clyde plus a third, plus something small, just just a small little cherry on top of the trade. I, I truthfully, I'd be willing to do it for just the running back. But if I can get that extra draft pick, it helps me down the road, gives me extra trade ammo and future deals, or just you know, always good to have that pick because you never know what could happen with it. That's that would be the approach I'd be taking. And uh, I think that's going to kind of do it for today. I wanted to give another special shout out to Mr. Ben Grethel for you know sending us those questions in on Twitter. We do appreciate all the activity on our social media platforms. So if you guys have any questions or you guys want to come on the show, make sure you can hit us up and we will get you on here. We will talk your questions. We will talk your questions over Twitter. So send us those questions. And uh, just want to thank everyone else for tuning in this week. I wanted you to make sure to hit us up on any of those social media platforms. 
ask those questions. We're at Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And you can also send me your own personal questions because I am the genius of the show, Mr. At Michael <laughs> underscore Seta. And I'm at the real Ryan Long, the real genius of the show. And I'm at Hitstick Chris. These guys are both morons. Anyone for feedback, email HitstickFantasy at gmail.com. Good night, Hitspot. Fuck you, Corey Long. <laughs>